Okay, let's dive into our message today, shall we? We're in week three of our series, After God's Heart. Now, I'm wondering if you could help me out. Who remembers what we talked about last week? Does anyone remember what we talked about last week? Drop it in the comments. If you remember the week before last, we talked about David's courage and his slaying of Goliath and how he rested on God's strength, not our own. And then next week, we're going to look at, God's, at David's God-given calling and consider our own calling as we seek to faithfully follow after God by doing the work he has called or set before us. But what did we talk about last week? Who remembers? And if you're able to spell Mephibosheth on the first uh, go, I will give you a candy bar because that is highly impressive. Anybody? Oh, there it is, Gail. There it is, Sue. Character. Yeah. We talked about David's godly character and how we saw that and how he dealt with Mephibosheth. And then we, we, we discussed how we can grow in godly character as well as we align our hearts with God and allow the Spirit to build us and grow us and shape us in our own quest for being a person after God's own heart. But today is about a fun little topic called confession. Anyone excited about this topic, about confession? Who's excited about confession? Well, I would, I thought I would help us ease our way into this topic by sharing a confession of my own with you all. Now, uh, please be gracious and gentle here because I'm bearing my heart before you all trying to lead the way in authenticity and vulnerability. In general, if you were to step, you know, say into my office or something, you would think I'm a very tidy person, that I'm a relatively put together kind of guy, try and be pretty clean. My office is generally quite well kept, not a lot of clutter anywhere that you can see on the surface. But here's the confession. And again, I'm bearing my soul, so please refrain from judgment at this time. Thank you. If you were to open a drawer in my office, you better be prepared to duck because something might jump out at you. Here's the thing. My drawers are completely unorganized, totally messy. Honestly, it's an embarrassing catch-all. I'm not just talking like one of the drawers, like a junk drawer we all have at home. I am talking every single one of them. And don't even think about looking in the closet in my office. Whew, oh boy, it is bad. I have a problem. Honestly, it haunts me because I desire to be organized and clean. And even if the drawer or the door is closed and it gives the room the appearance of being clean, I know it is not. And it bugs me and it pesters me. And there's this deep longing inside of me to clean it, and yet I keep putting it off. And the same thing is with my closet at home. Just talk to Meg, and she will tell you a story about my closet at home. I started over a week ago now to try and get it back into clean shape. Let's just say I have a lot more work to do. Now, who's with me? Surely I cannot be the only one who has this issue? Is there anyone out there brave enough to proclaim 
that they have a messy drawer or closet in their house? Or will you allow me to stand alone in my own guilt and shame and embarrassment of this confession? Who's with me? Now you see, David's confession, it's a bit different from my confession, and yet they hold some similarities. We're going to be unpacking that a little bit this morning. Throughout this series, we've spent a lot of time talking about how amazing David is. His unwavering faith in God, his reliance on God and God's strength, his surprising gentleness and kindness, his big, caring heart. But in 2 Samuel 11, David dives uh, headfirst into a pool of sin, and he swims deeper and deeper and deeper into it until he is finally called out and confronted by God through his messenger, Nathan. I want us to consider David this morning, the man after God's own heart, who in quick succession breaks five of God's ten commandments. I want us to consider David this morning as he covets another man's wife. To consider David as he abuses his kingly power. To consider David as he lies and deceives one of his very own loyal soldiers to cover up his own adulterous wrongdoing after he gets another man's wife pregnant. I would like us to consider David as he has an innocent man killed after he But the Bible says this low-down, lying, dirty, wife-stealing, adulterous murderer was a man after God's own heart. Taken at face value, Honestly, that is really difficult for me to understand. I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that you likely agree. You see, when we look at David's life, focusing on his shortcomings, when we see his shortcomings in isolation, we are disgusted. But the story of David's deep dive into sin acts as a warning and a reminder to each and every one of us. See, no matter how good we have been, how strong we may feel, the lure and pull of sin is always lurking around the corner. It is always trying to trip us up. As the Bible reminds us, we are like sheep that have gone astray, that we have all sinned, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And we deeply desire to be people after God's own heart. I believe that. Each and every one of us desire that. But we find ourselves telling little or even big lies. Or we want our heart to reflect God's, but we find our heart is already occupied with hate. We want to honor God with our words and of love or encouragement, and yet we find ourselves tearing down our friends as we gossip behind their back. Or we long to serve God with our entire being, 
And yet we rob God of faithful service, of our worship, of of our tithes, of praise, because of our own pride and selfish desires. They all get in the way. So this, for all of us, is a wake-up call this morning. That in our most honest and authentic moments, we can admit that when we read of David's nosedive into a pool of sin, we can see ourselves looking back in the pool's reflection. And if our God was not who he says he is, that would be it. It would be game over for David. It would be game over for all of us. Because of our tendency to sin, we would have no more favor. We would have no more blessing. We would have no more promise of life with him. No more freedom, just endless separation from us and our God. But praise be to God that sin and evil does not have the final say. Praise be to our God and Father for his mercy and his love and his forgiveness that always goes out and never retreats. You see, David had been hiding from God. And as he turned inward and he focused only on himself and his own desires, he closed himself off from God. But God, through Nathan, is able to break through to David, who is running no more, who cannot hide, and when he's confronted with the full weight of his sin, he is finally convicted, and he confesses his guilt and his shame. In in 2 Samuel 12, 13, it says, I have sinned against the Lord. And so now we finally get to our passage for today where we are going to look at Psalm 51, which we know is David's confession. He wrote in response to being convicted of his sin. And this is my encouragement. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been gently prodding you this morning. Maybe uh, is bringing something up to your attention, some struggle of yours that you don't want to think about and you want to bury it and hide from it. Well, my encouragement is, For you to open up yourselves to the prompting of the Spirit this morning. To allow the words of this psalm we're about to read to be your heartfelt prayer this morning. If you long for freedom from the bondage of guilt, shame, and sin, this prayer is for you. So let's open up our hearts to God and his word today as we read Psalm 51. This is the word of the Lord. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. For your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb. Teaching me wisdom even here. 
Purify me from my sins. I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. Because you have broken me. Now, let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I'll teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice that you desire is a broken spirit, and you will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. Heavenly Father, we read these words and we offer them up as our own prayer to you. We pray, Lord, that you create in us a clean heart, that you reveal to us all the ways of wickedness that are present within us, that you draw them out of us. And may we be truly sorry for those things, Lord, those things that stand between us and you. Restore to us our joy, Lord, the joy of freedom in you and the forgiveness that we receive in you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. May these words become our own. You see, these psalms right here are what set David apart as a man after God's own heart. It's not the things he did necessarily that made him a man after God's own heart, but it's right here, if we consider David and compare him with Saul, his predecessor. Saul who was called out by God for his sin. Saul who said the right things, but God knew his thoughts. And Saul, he didn't truly mean what he said. See, Saul was too concerned with what everyone else thought and not concerned enough with what God thought. But David's prayer here, it's a deeply heartfelt, honest, open, and faith-filled prayer. What we learn is that, as we read this, confession is to agree with God. It's to acknowledge that he is right to declare what we have done as sinful and that we are wrong to desire it or to do these things. It means affirming our intention of abandoning that sin in order to follow God more faithfully. See, that we, we recognize this pattern in the Psalms about confession. And the pattern is this. You first recognize your sinfulness and your tendency to do wrong. We all have the ability to sin. We have to name that. We have to own that. In fact, we were sinful from the beginning. And that wasn't of God's creation. That was of our own doing because of our choice. The choice that Adam and Eve made back in the garden that we all technically would have made as well. And we realize, second, that sin is rebellion against God himself. And the third thing we notice in this pattern is that to confess, we need to admit our sins to God. 
We have to own them. We have to name them. We have to pull them out of the closet and say, here they are, God. And fourth is to trust that God is willing to forgive them. See, David was willing to confess his sin. And as he does it, he recommits to also confessing his faith. As we read, if you read with us during our weekly reading of David's uh, dive into sin with Bathsheba, you may notice he does not go to God or talk about God or mention God through all of it. He is withdrawn. He has removed his life of faith because he was living a life of sin. But in this prayer, we see him drawing close to God again and confessing his faith once again. See, to be after God's own heart, it means opening up our entire being to him. You know, we talked about my closet and drawers, and a lot of you could relate. I can try and hide my mess all I want. But if my office is only clean on the surface, and every drawer and door is filled with junk, guess what? I cannot claim to have a clean office. And the same is true with us. If we put on the appearance of having everything together, if I say all the right things, I do all the right things, but there's all this hidden junk inside that no one can see, and we try to hide it even from God, we cannot claim to be after God's own heart unless we are willing to clean house. See, God wants to go into the closet and the drawers and the basement of our mind and clean it all out. And all he requires of us is an honest, open, sincere heart that is truly sorry for our sins with a desire to be better. Each one of us do this when we grapple with sin. We try and run. We try and hide from God. We try and throw all these things that we wrestle with in a drawer or in a closet as if God can't see those things. We try and run and hide, just like Adam and Eve. What did they do after they sinned? They ran and hid from God. In the garden where they first experienced shame, when they noticed they were naked and they were ashamed. See, shame is the felt emotion that accompanies sin. It's that thing that makes us go, oh, that's a bad feeling. And they hid from God, just as we hide from God. We try and separate this part of our lives, right, of the sinful part of our lives from the part of us that shows up to church or that shows up in our conversation with our friends. And we put on this appearance like all is well when deep down we might be taking a nosedive into some things we know are poison to our soul. And David, man after God's own heart, tried to run and hide from God. But it all eventually catches up with us. But what set David apart? What can set us apart is what David does when he finally wakes up to his sin. When he's finally called out and he sees it finally for what it is, he doesn't ignore it. He doesn't minimize it. He doesn't simply say he'll try and do better next time. No, he opens his heart fully to God. He does a deep surgical work on his life to turn back to God. 
See, the depth of his conviction is only trumped by the depth of God's grace. Consider God, who hears David's heart and grants him forgiveness. Consider God, who doesn't cast David away, but continues to use him for king, his kingdom cause. Consider God, who loves his son, and he meets him in the depth of his pain. You see, we can't hide from God. We know that. We can't hide from God. But what we should be doing is to have a longing to hide in him. To, to safely hide ourselves in the presence of God. You may notice David's cry in Psalm 51 to restore to him the joy of his salvation. See, consider our God, who is so gracious, that he gives David this request in the midst of his heartache. You see, Psalm 32, we're going to turn to Psalm 32 in a moment. I invite you to do so at home. It's a psalm that David wrote in response to receiving God's forgiveness. God did what he promises he'll do if we turn our hearts to him. And so as we read this, this is my invitation for you to allow this to be your sincere prayer. You see, the word of the Lord says, if you admit your sin to God and you're truly sorry for your sins, his forgiveness is for you and it is without end. So let's turn now to Psalm 32 to see what David has to say after receiving this gift. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength, it evaporated like water in the summer heat. But finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I'll confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you, God, are my hiding place. You, God, protect me from trouble. You, God, surround me with songs of victory. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a stubborn and senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad all you who obey him. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. See, Psalm 51 is David's heartfelt confession, and here Psalm 32 is his joy-filled expression of freedom. We talked earlier about the pattern that confession holds in the Psalms. That pattern to recognize our sinfulness, our tendency to do wrong. To second, realize that sin is rebellion against God himself. To third, having to admit our sins to God. And fourth, to trust in God's willingness to forgive us. But there's one more element of confession we have not discussed yet. It's to accept God's forgiveness. To accept it. Friends, the price has been paid. There is no guilt in life. For Christ came and made things right. See, David's time in the Old Testament was different than ours. The Holy Spirit used to be given to a person for a set time, for a set task, but now it has been given in a way where it will not ever leave us. It used to come and go from different people at different times. But we have this gift. You see, David witnessed the spirit leaving Saul. The spirit had come on Saul. Saul had sinned. He didn't properly repent. The spirit left Saul. That's why David prayed, take not your Holy Spirit from me. The beauty is, Jesus came, sent his spirit in a way that the Holy Spirit will never leave you or forsake you. God will never leave you. You are not now nor ever will be alone in this fight. You can never outrun God's love. You can never lose his forgiveness. Simply turn to him in all openness and honesty. Confess your sins before him and his promise remains sure that his forgiveness is for you and it is complete. There is no sin too great that God is not willing and ready to forgive. So have you accepted this most amazing gift? Have you opened your heart and bared it before the Lord and received his forgiveness? Do you believe it? Do you believe that God is willing to forgive you? Do you believe that God is greater than your shame? That his love is stronger than your guilt? That on the cross, Jesus Christ wiped all that away so that you can live joyfully free in union with him now and forever? See, the danger of guilt and shame is it wants to stick around when it is no longer invited. Guilt and shame are the worst type of guests at a house party where they just linger and linger and linger and the kids are in bed and you are exhausted. You already cleaned your whole house and they are still there. They never want to leave. So the question is, are you holding on to something right now that God has already released in your life? If so, it's time. It's time to let it go, to step forward in faith, to believe that you are forgiven, 
that you are loved. The chains have been broken. The price has been paid. So arise and live in freedom and in Christ. See, David asked for and he received joy. There is joy on the other side of your pain and your sorrow and your sin if you turn back to God. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And it can and it will carry you forward as you seek to live a holy life for him. And when you mess up, because we all misstep, we all fall back into sin. So when we mess up, God's grace is sufficient for you. His love is pure. And his spirit is with you now and forever. If you sincerely desire to be a person after God's own heart, and I believe you do sincerely desire that, simply believe that God and his promise that he forgives you. He forgives you. If you're dealing with sin right now that has festered within you, and it is like poison to your soul, it is time to call it out and turn back to him before it's too late. You see, our God has a purpose for you. He has a better way for you. His grace is sufficient. His forgiveness is without end. And the key to be free from the shackles you feel are to simply turn back to him. Praise be to God. Because he always draws close. Praise be to God for his gift of love and forgiveness. Praise be to God for his spirit that will never leave you. Our God is now and always will be with you. To be after his own heart, we simply must turn back to him. And we may again receive the joy of life in him. Praise be to God that he is who he says he is. And he does what he says he will do. And all God's people say, Amen. Let's join together in prayer. Almighty Father, we have opened your word, we have opened our hearts, we have looked inside and invited your spirit to reveal within us all the ways that we have stepped away from you. And as we have opened your word, we have also seen that there is freedom and forgiveness and a purpose and a joy to be found in life with you. So God, we pray that your spirit goes to work and reveals within us all those ways we are trying to run from you and hide from you just as David did in his sinning with Bathsheba and all the sins that trickled down and followed after. Do a mighty work within us, God. And because you are a gracious and loving God, we ask and believe that you will be gentle with us. We believe your word when it shows us that you are not looking down on us in disappointment. You are looking down on us with eyes filled 
with love for your hurting children. So God, whatever it is within us that we need to ask for forgiveness, we ask you now in the privacy of our own hearts, we reveal them to you and say, God, this is yours. I have sinned. I have stepped away. I am truly and deeply and sincerely sorry. And we ask again for your forgiveness. But we ask it knowing what Jesus Christ has said that your forgiveness is without end. So if we ask, it is guaranteed. So Lord, may we accept your forgiveness this morning together. May we believe that you and your grace is sufficient. And may we rely on your own strength as we step forward, Lord, because we know on our own we are weak and prone to wander. But in you, we are strong, and your path is sure, and your path is straight. So guide us in the power of your step today, Lord, as we go forward seeking to be men and women after your own heart. We thank you for who you are, God. We celebrate who you are. We give our lives again to you today. May we follow after you in faith today and always. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.